Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Um, how are you doing this fine Monday in uh, April? Um, doing great. Doing great. You, uh, I think you said that you, uh, as you've shared a little bit, you've got a wedding coming up. And uh, how, you, yes. you have a, a few things that are working. Did you go on your trip on your little uh, wedding dress? Uh, expo- okay, ex- so escapade. that is coming up this okay. coming this weekend. Um, but yeah, lots of wedding planning has gone on this week, and they have actually chosen the venue, which um, hap- it's absolutely stunning. It's called Birchwood Vineyards, and um, the fact is not lost on us that it isn't a vineyard. It's going to be a beautiful setting, and how appropriate to have something you know so centered on abiding. And honestly, this week, as they have been navigating all these decisions, um, it has been the perfect forum platform to really sit with them. They've come over for dinner a couple different times as we're talking through things and has been really fun to just walk them through. Okay, how do you abide to unity? This is this is perfect practice for you guys really as a couple to abide to unity and and seek God's will and use that to confirm things. And so they're getting to practice that in um, really kind of rapid fire motion and some cool, just cool to watch God unfold it for them. And, and they're hungry for that. They, they want to be beginning things with this foundation. It's something that they do individually and now to do it together is going to be beautiful. That's neat. Well, so, uh, here, I'll send, I'll send them this picture. So for their, there you for go. their uh, wedding present, <laughs> uh, abiding, that's kind of cool. They're doing it in a, uh, uh, vineyard that's kind of cool i know isn't that fun it is it is a beautiful beautiful place too and i think god just perfectly designed it actually so good setup for what we want to do nice i did uh, i had some business uh down in sanibel island uh florida off of fort mm-hmm. myers um and we were having you know business meetings and they they took us uh, out to a restaurant uh most of the island sanibel is primarily uh, all the people on the water are south, so they they can't really see the sunset, the sunrise or the sunset. Uh, right. But there's this one place on the west side that is a, is a restaurant, um, and it's, of course it's going to be full. Uh, but you go and you got to go kind of early to get uh, be able to get a seat. We had to wait actually an hour to get in. Uh, but then at the uh, at the end of it, and the sun set it set about 7:45 p.m. So we, everybody, even the ones that are eating, uh, get up and go out to the beach. Uh-huh. Uh, and we stand there. And there's probably, you know, with, with people from the restaurant and just people that have come there, I would say there were probably 200 people. Uh, oh, wow. And we're all watching this um, unbelievable sunset um, of the sun just go down, you know, uh, over the water. And then it, when it when it it you know it, it's interesting because of the ref, it's called refraction. Um, it's actually already down, to, really, but the sunlight is still being reflected. And then at the last minute, it just like sinks. 
Uh, and so when it's when it boom, it's down, the entire beach claps. You know, yay! You know, ah, love it, love it. You know, I was thinking, uh, uh, and I was telling somebody there. I said because uh, it was, it seemed like it was kind of slow going down. And I said, oh, well, I've been praying uh, like Joshua. I'm trying to stop it uh, uh-huh. this afternoon. You know? <laughs> he thought that was funny. He said, well, good luck with that. You know, so uh, it was fun. So it was, it was beautiful uh, to experience that and uh, just to see a different place in the world and, and the beauty, the magnificent of God's creation. Uh, Absolutely. He's created and, and the beauty of that. I actually have a, a funny story from Sanibel Island. Um it has absolutely no spiritual significance here. So, <laughs> but nonetheless, my can, dad we, we used can to, handle, we can handle wait, it. You can handle it. Yeah. Uh, my dad used to live in Naples um, when he was alive, my, my second dad. And we would go down and visit him. And we actually um, went down to visit one of the earliest times since he moved down there. And he decided to rent um, a pontoon boat for us to take out for the day. And so we were super excited to go do that and head out um, to pick up the boat. And we get there and lo and behold, um, Jim being Jim, that was my dad's name. um, He hands Dan the keys. Dan has never driven a boat before at all. And like never. Hands Dan the boat said, he don't mind driving, right? (laughs) And so he takes off. And so he's, you know, learning to navigate the Florida waters as we go. Um, and and has no license for doing this down there or anything else. Um, long story short, we do end up getting the boat stuck at one point. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we got stuck on Sanibel Island. What, what happened? <laughs> it was fine. I mean, they got out. He and Jim got out and, you know, pushed the boat around and got us out of whatever little pickle we had gotten into. And then Dan was very proud of himself, though, because as he pulled back in when we're going to return the boat finally, um, and he pulls back in. He lucky, you know, lucky better than skilled any day. First time he's ever parking a boat either. And there's a dock full of people watching. And he as nervous as can be. And he, I think he actually like, if he tells the story, I want to say he says he actually like hit something a little wrong, um, like accelerated when he didn't mean to or something like that. But anyway, in his mistake, he actually slipped in and could not have parked the boat more perfectly first try, never had to reverse, do anything, and sat there with a shocked look on his face as he returned the boat. So, so that was so his did, very first did, boating experience. Uh, did he... Uh... Uh, that's the last time he's ever done that, right? <laughs> <laughs> last time he's it, ever parked that it, successfully. Once, per- yes. Perfectly, you never want to do it again. <laughs> now, he since then is, has become our expert boat driver. He's the one when we water ski and tube and all of that, I will not let anybody else, like I don't want to water ski behind anybody other than him. He's really, really good at driving the boat. But that was his first time out. And um and for whatever reason, my dad just like tossed him the keys and decided he was not going to be the one responsible. And uh, Dan took the bull by the horns and and did it. But but we did get into a little pickle out there on Sanibel Island, yeah. I believe, was where we got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, it's a beautiful place, and uh, it is. I really enjoyed it. It was a little warmer than Colorado, so <laughs> it was it was good. A little bit, yeah. Uh, and I, uh, I was able to. Uh, get back to the studio so i'm not remote at the moment so that was good we've been we've also been i went from snow skiing up at vale 
That's right. Which yeah, really you guys were up there. And we, I went right from there to Sanibel Island. So I went from you have been on snow, the go, snow to beach. So it was. Uh, yeah. Well, by the time this airs, when this episode airs, I will be laying on a beach in Turks and Caicos. That's it. Yeah. And looking forward to that one. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, by the way, Turks and Caicos. Um, it's it's an island uh, that is British. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've never been to this one. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, are you going to be, do you know if you're going to be in what's called Grace Bay? I don't know. We're at the, like the Sandals Beaches Resort. Okay. It's, uh, beaches. Cause it should be in Grace Bay. Yeah. That's, that's a, a family the premier one. spot. But, okay. um, for some reason, and I think it's because of the mission work that was done there, but there's a, something like 50 to 60% of the island are believers. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. And there's churches. You'll, you know, when you go there, you'll see it. There are churches uh, every oh, that's corner. So fun. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's everywhere. And people are just, you know, uh, excited about uh, uh, having the faith. They're, they're kind of living the covenant in a sense because their heart is to give it away. So um, in 2008, as you know, mm-hmm. you know, when the world collapsed economically. Right. Well, islands, uh, Caribbean particularly, uh, they really suffered. Because mm-hmm. of the tourism didn't come, uh, because oh, people yeah. people couldn't afford it. Hey, I, I I'm either nervous or afraid or right, uh, and my, they depend on that tourist they, and, industry and, and, so and that's much. It, yeah. yeah. So what Turks and Caicos did, uh, and I believe the whether it's called a governor or a prefect or whatever, but um, uh, he said, well, we're not going to let this stop us, mm-hmm. and um, what we're going to do is we're going to elevate to be a premier spot um, and get ready for it. So what he he did is um, he invited uh, believers from the service industry Mm. um, and he gathered literally every single person that worked in the service industry from any place, restaurants, hotels, Uh drivers, gas stations, um, and he trained them for three months on how to treat people. Fascinating. Uh, wow. And it was, you know, we're going to serve them. And it was, you know, it had a biblical background behind it. We're going to serve mm-hmm. them. We're going to make them feel special. Um, yeah, you'll have problems and you'll have self-centered people that you got to deal with and we'll show you how to right. do that. Uh, but um, it's going to be unique and you'll, you'll experience it when you go of any on any other place that I've been in the Caribbean, uh, you'll notice. Oh, the, I love the, that the difference. Of yeah, how they how they just act toward you. I'm even uh, more excited now. That yeah. actually, have you ever been to Bermuda? I've been to Bermuda. Okay, yeah. Bermuda is 98% Christian. Wow, wow. Yeah, 98%. And we went to a church there the, when we went the last time, but we commented. It, it is, I mean, it's only the tourists that are remotely rude there. It is the most <laughs> loving, I mean, people with this huge heart everywhere you meet. If you talk to the locals, they are amazing. Yeah. And I actually, you know, a few days in, I'm like, Dan, what is it about this place? And so I started doing some research. I'm like, well, it's 98% Christian. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, I mean, you absolutely feel the love of God everywhere you go and the way the people serve. So now I'm more excited about Turks and Caicos yeah. even. Yeah. And so... Uh... <laughs> Uh, because we knew that whenever we, you know, we got driven around and we had people that, uh, and we just always ask, uh, you know, what, what church do you attend? You know, and then that mm-hmm. started the whole conversation of, 
their faith and you know what and it was it was it was really beautiful so we've we've enjoyed That's church awesome. and Caicos, and it's really special um we got a question uh that came in uh on our uh question line which was a good one mm-hmm. um and it uh uh it says you know what does the bible say about death uh, resurrection and judgment uh, does the bible say that you only have this lifetime to accept jesus as savior even if you've never heard of him uh and that's the uh, you know behind that is the age-old question you know for, for particularly we in america mm-hmm. you know evangelism receiving christ is important um and the question always comes up well what about the people in africa that never hear about him right uh, how does that work uh, so we, we can talk about that a little bit uh so Excellent. first of all um, and um, I can, I'll bring this up, uh, but we'll um, uh, go to uh, a couple of statements that Jesus makes um, and just kind of set the stage here and kind of walk us through okay. this a little bit. Um, uh, but um, this is John 5. Uh, 24 John 5 24 Jesus is speaking I've actually got my glasses so you got your glasses you want me to, I yeah. do I can um, <laughs> read it out for you uh, if you want if you, if you uh, go ahead hey that um, uh, verse tw- uh, f- uh, 524 uh, John okay. 524 most assuredly I say to you he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but is passed from death into life okay so um, upon hearing his word uh, and then believing it, mm-hmm. um, you you have everlasting life, right? And you then pass. It says you don't come to judgment, mm-hmm. uh, but you pass from death to life. And the and the verb there it tenses has passed has already happened. Mm-hmm. So that um, when you be- become a believer, you actually enter eternal life at that moment. Uh, and see a lot of the evangelical teaching, it's more of a trend. They, they teach it more as a transaction. Right. Well, you get a ticket to heaven. When right. you die, you get a ticket to heaven. But Jesus said, no, you've entered mm-hmm. eternal life now. Right. Uh, right now. Okay. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Okay. So then he defines it uh, specifically. So go to John 17. Um uh, and read verse three, John seventeen three. Jesus says, "And this, uh, and this is eternal life." What does he say? And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Okay. Uh, so eternal life, he doesn't say it's a ticket to heaven. What does he say it is? It's knowing him. It's it's by knowing experience, him, yeah. experiencing the life of God now, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, uh, understanding that uh, it's not a yeah you're sinful uh, nature and you're gonna fail and the world's awful and you're gonna have tough time but hey good luck actually this kind of mm-hmm. plays into the, our discussion of the covenant uh, right is that the covenant is says you're going to experience a life of God and what are we saying well one of the things about the life of God is I'm gonna bless you to make you a blessing um, and and people uh, need to understand that that he says eternal life you know is is experiencing that um uh, okay now uh, uh let's go back to uh john 14 uh and read verses uh one through six all right 
let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, I would have told you, I go to repair a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, so um, he makes a statement. Uh, what does he say about the way to have this opportunity to believe um, and to enter eternal life is only through what? Only through Jesus. Only through Jesus because mm -hmm. he says, I am the way, the mm -hmm. truth, and the life, and no one. And that's why you got to right. really understand that word is no one uh, comes to the Father to enter into eternal life except through me. Right. And so what does that mean? Well, it's, it's a belief uh, mm -hmm. in him. Um, and through what he's done on the cross. And what he's done on the cross. Okay. Um, so then uh, go to uh, uh, John uh, 11. And we will, uh, uh, this is where, um, you know, Mary and Martha um, had sought for Jesus to heal Lazarus. And he said, yeah, I'll come and heal him. Yeah. <laughs> and he purposely didn't come. Mm -hmm. on time so to speak he dies not only is he dead but he's in the tomb already wrapped up right so he's dead he's mm -hmm. he's, he's actually dead he's, dead, he's really dead, dead. He's, he's not <laughs> kind of dead. dead he's dead uh and so um read um uh, uh verse 20 john eleven twenty through uh 27 sure. then martha as soon as she heard that jesus was coming went and met him but mary was sitting in the house now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, he raises Lazarus. So um, mm -hmm. he says, Jesus says, I am the what? The resurrection and the life. And the life. And so um, when we think of resurrection, uh, it's together. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, remember, you enter eternal life with the life of Christ. He says, well, that life is going to lead you to the resurrection. Uh, and you will be going to a different place. And think of the resurrection as alive from the physical death to some other place in a, in a different form. Uh, okay. And so, uh, and we know, first of all, he proved it with Lazarus. Right. He was dead. And what happened? brought him back to life. He came back to life. Now, by the way, he went back to uh, the human process of, of how it lived. When Jesus was resurrected, what happened? He was then in his resurrected body. He was in a different uh, form mm -hmm. uh, so that uh, when he appeared to the disciples that same day, Sunday, mm -hmm. 
uh, he appeared through the wall. Right. But he was physical. Um, and yeah, he said, it says he even ate, which is ate. a fascinating and picture. <laughs> go ahead and touch Thomas. I know you doubt me. Go ahead and touch mm-hmm. me. Um, you can see the, you know, by the way, there's still nail holes there because that's mm-hmm. how he, we will see him with the nail holes because uh, he says, I want everybody always in eternity to remember on what basis they were able to be with, with us. Mm, um, yeah. And it's because of my love for you, my, my heart for you. Uh, and so, you, you know, you will, be, you will be resurrected, those that enter into the life. Um, okay, um, now go to uh, Philippians, uh, and then we'll, then we'll kind of backtrack a little bit. Uh, but go to Philippians, in uh, verse uh, 1, 19 uh, through 26. Uh, this is Paul. Uh, he's talking about physical death here. Okay, hang on. My pages. Philippians 1, 19 through 26. Here we go. Philippians 1, 19 to 26? Yeah. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always. So now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on the flesh, uh, but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what shall I choose? I cannot tell for I am hard pressed between the two, having the desire to depart to be with Christ, which is far better. Do you say through 23 or 26? Uh, 26, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Yeah. Uh, so he sets up, uh, well, uh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, he's he's writing Philippians when he's in jail, and and jail, and remember, is it's kind of a country club house mm-hmm. that he's living in Rome. He's hmm. he's constrained, so he just can't get out and walk around. Uh, but he's enjoying the place and the even the the yard around it, uh, and people would come and visit him, which is why. If you look at Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, which is where he wrote, he's called the prison epistles. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, hey, thanks for coming and seeing me and, and bring him to see right. me. You know, So he, he got to have great fellowship. Interesting enough, uh, Paul, and what I can see, except obviously when he went to, went to his death, is that he actually enjoyed the best time of his life was in prison. Uh, Interesting. Uh, during those three years, because he was—that's not at all what I pictured. He was—he you know? was writing. <laughs> he wasn't suffering at all. He was having the mm-hmm. best food there was, great fellowship, hmm. uh, uh, you know, community, uh, talking to people, dialoguing, processing. Uh, so he actually had a, had a great experience. Uh, uh, but he says, "I'm ready, and I'm torn between staying." And continuing the life of God, which he said, by the way, if I do, uh, one of the things that I know if I do is I'll have what? Fruit. Right. Okay, we know something about that. We know, we know something about that. Yes, yes. Um, the result comes from what? From abiding. Abiding. 
So he, he's not talking about, I'm going to do more work for God. Mm-hmm. God's going to do more fruit through me. Mm-hmm. And, we'll, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I'm gonna, I will experience more fruit because I'm going to walk with him and the life that he gives me. But if he's ready to go, take me. I'm ready to go because to die is what? What does he say? It's gain. It's gain. He knows I, that will be even more I beautiful. I immediately <laughs> go be with him. Mm-hmm. So that uh, when we pass physically at our physical death, we go somewhere, by the way, and we'll, mm-hmm. and we'll see that there's different places we can go. But Paul, who's a believer and experiencing the fruit of, of him, says, I'm going to go be with him. And he'll get translated into a similar scenario uh, where now Paul won't be coming back like Jesus mm-hmm. did. Right. So, uh, but he'll have a form that will be in community. And by the way, he'll have fellowship with the other disciples. He'll go be able to, he'll be able to talk to Abraham, uh, Moses, uh, mm-hmm. Noah, Jeremiah, Joshua. You know, he'll have all those, all those people that he'll be able to talk to because we are recognizable. And interesting enough, the personality of who we are, because that's our soul, continues into eternity so it's it'll be paul when we see when we die and we right. get to see okay paul i'd like to I'd like to ask you a couple of questions uh like why did you write that what is it you know I, <laughs> we interpreted it this way but could you tell me a little bit more you know and um we'll actually talk to him and he'll be the person that mm. he was on earth so mm. the same personality that he that he had with the disciples and barnabas and luke we'll get to experience. Uh, and he'll be in his perfected body, so to speak. Um, uh, so he's, he will be, quote, resurrected, because uh, you don't stay in the grave uh, mm. upon a death. And Jesus said it in, in John 14, I'm coming and I prepare a place for you and I come and get you. Right. Uh, and I've actually seen it, physically, I've seen it. I've had people that had cancer and it was time for them to go. Um, I saw, experienced Christ coming and getting them. And interesting enough, and this is cool, and I think this has to do a little bit about martyrdom too. Um, They left and their body was still functioning. And I saw Mm. it. I experienced it. And it was was like they left. You could see Jesus came and got them. And their Mm. body continued to function a little bit longer, like 15, 20, 30 minutes longer. And then, then they were done. But now, were... so when you say you could see, there's lots of people sitting there questioning, what in the world does he mean by that? You could see that they left. Yeah. Um, you want to blow that well, out because, a little bit? <laughs> because the, um, uh, you know, who do we have within us? So we have Spirit. the Holy Spirit, God himself. And, and life, the, the life of God is intended to be lived, uh, mm-hmm. in a sense, in the heavenlies, in the spiritual dimension where your spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, is communicating, talking, uh, discerning, feeling, yes. experiencing. Right. So that, um, and we were even talking to this person that, um, hey, Jesus is going to come and get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be spectacular. You know, we're gonna we're gonna grieve that you're leaving us, but we're gonna rejoice that you go be with right. Him. Uh, and isn't that fantastic? And so there's. There's a, you could see the body, uh, what's called shutting down. Um, 
it's you know they're losing the ability to talk they're losing uh, real consciousness uh, and they're they're kind of drifting into shutting down and then there's a spiritual moment where we're literally in the room we sense Christ coming to get him right and taking him away to where that life that you knew that was in him right. was no longer there. Now yeah. his body And that really is, is a bit of a gift of discernment that the Holy Spirit gave you in that moment it's to a, see yeah. what was going on. Yeah, and to yeah. experience it and to say, you know, do you understand what I'm doing here? Yeah. Um, and you can sense it. And it wasn't like, well, I wonder. Mm-hmm. It was no, you. when I said I no. saw it, it was, you could see his body, you could see his, his in a sense, his soul it was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and his body was just sh- finishing mm. the shutdown. Uh, so, you know, Jesus said, uh, I'm going to come because I, I am the resurrection of life. And, Christ, and Paul says, uh, to die is gain. Um, okay, mm-hmm. now, um, well, for some people, it's not, it's not gain. <laughs> True. Uh, so go to John 3. Uh, this is a verse that we all know, uh, but we got to understand something about it. Um, uh, start in verse uh, 15. And then go all the way down to uh, 21, 15 to 21. Now, we know 16, but there's more to it. Uh, 15 through 21, John 3. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Yeah, so uh, he says you start out because remember um, we are uh, humans with what's called a sinful nature, self-centered, mm-hmm. uh, without a spirit. Uh, why? Right. Well, because it vacated when Adam and Eve fell, right? And now we have the sinful nature. So the requirement for us is is what perfection. Uh, you have to be perfect, and otherwise you stand condemned. Well, we know something about that. We can't be <laughs> even even a little, uh, you know, two year old, mm-hmm. you know, can't be perfect because uh, right. they're self-centered. So they're condemned. So they stand condemned. Now we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, so we stand condemned. And he says, unless you receive me and what I've done for you on your behalf and enter into right. eternal life with me, I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the only way, by the way, there's no other way. It's not mm-hmm. universalism, it's not other systems, it's not Buddha, it's not uh, Mormonism, it's, it's, it's Christ. Um, if, you, if you don't receive him, you stay, what, condemned? When mm-hmm. you die, if you're not a believer in Christ and have, right. have, have him inside of you now, entered into that eternal life, um, you go to a different place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go somewhere, you're gonna live eternally, but you're going to be in hell, condemned, separated, in darkness, tormented, 
and never have the, the life and the beauty of, of living with him in eternity. So uh, are, are they judged? Yes. Why are they judged? Because they rejected Jesus. Well, they, they didn't they didn't receive him. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll come back to that. So they didn't receive him. Okay, now as a believer, um, we too get judged. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, go to 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 9 through... Um, uh, 17. First Corinthians are, 3, 9 to 17. And Paul's talking about believers here. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire." Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Yeah. So he says, as a believer, you're going to be judged. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you, if you're truly a believer and if Jesus Christ within you, the Holy Spirit, and you, you've received him as Lord and Savior, you're going to spend eternity with him. Right, he says, but and so the judgment you face is different than the judgment. It's not. It's not of eternity condi- with him. It's not or separated. condemnation mm-hmm. of separation. It's that right. um, there's some system of reward mm-hmm. in heaven that is based upon your walk with him, which is why you and I are such proponents and want everybody to understand abiding. Right. Right. Because it's not you doing work for God. It's, work, it's God working through you to fulfill mm-hmm. his purpose in life, which is to bless you, to make you a blessing, and for mm-hmm. you to, to live out the abiding life of knowing the Father and knowing the Son. Right. Uh, and see, he says there's well-meaning believers that are going to have all their works burned up. Everything mm-hmm. will be worth less. You said, look at what I did. God said, you weren't doing anything because you weren't abiding with me. Apart right. from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Uh, okay. Now, um, uh, he says something, and again, we'll try to pull this together. Uh, go to Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 10. And it says, for grace you've been saved, not of your works, and then uh, live out the life of faith. And, and by the way, he said, you're, you're going to join me, at, seated with me in the right hand, and receive my life. And verse 10 says what? For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, so who prepares the good works? God does. Yeah, that we walk in them, and then he said, if you abide in me, you're going to produce what? And then Paul even says it in Philippians. Yeah. Well, if I stay here, what's going to happen is the fruit of me Mm -hmm. following him, walking in the good work that he's given me at the moment, which, by the way, at Mm -hmm. the moment where he's at is keep writing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Your good work is to keep writing and and, and teach mm-hmm. while you're in prison. And of course, remember it was a country club, so it wasn't it wasn't an awful place. It was pretty pretty pleasant. Uh, but 
that's my work for you, son. Um, and so the work is directed by who? By God. So mm-hmm. that will we be judged as believers? Yeah. What's going to be judged? Did we walk with him or not? Did we fulfill where he wanted to, to give us fruit and experience the covenant life or not? If we did, mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to have a, a fantastic reward. If we're not, he said, well, it won't be as great. The good news is you get to be with me in eternity, which is great all by itself. Uh, so mm. that's a good thing. Okay, now a couple of sticky questions. Uh, what about kids? <laughs> right. Um, uh, because they can't even mentally understand any of this. Mm-hmm. So what happens to a kid that dies at two or three or four? Uh, uh, or a few months. Or a few or... <laughs> months. Uh, so that... Uh, the only thing that I see there uh, is that, um, and I think this is in, um, uh, I'll try to pick this up, Matthew uh, 18. Okay. Um, let me see if this is the right place. Nope. Let me, uh, it's in Matthew somewhere, but let me get it. Um, there's a statement about children. Uh, that's kind of cool. Um, let me pull this up here. It is man. There's a lot of verses on the kingdom. Blessing the little children's in Matthew 19, 13 to 15. I'm not sure if that's a passage you're looking for. Oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Um, uh, verse, uh, chapter 19, uh, verse mm-hmm. 13 and uh, fifth through 15. Go ahead and read that. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. Okay, so... Um, he's, he's, there's a double meaning to this, I believe. Is mm-hmm. he's saying, first of all, because remember the disciples were saying, you know, don't bother him, right? And he says, no, 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 let him come. Mm-hmm. Little children of such already have the kingdom, already have access mm-hmm. to the kingdom, because in a mm-hmm. sense they're more pure in their thought life and their in their understanding, and they. Uh, and again, this because it's built in everybody is that there's a natural desire even for a little kid. And, and then the second meaning of it is, hey, if you want to enter the kingdom, you got to be like a little kid. Be like a child. Yeah. You got to be like a child, and you can't enter it with, hey, look at me, how great am I? It's no surrendering my will. I'm just going to go with you, Daddy. Abba, Father. I'm a toddler. Grab my hand. Let's go. I'm, and you got to enter the kingdom that way. So, it appears that there's probably what's called an age of accountability. Uh, And that is that if a child dies before that age, uh, I believe they go to heaven. I I, I believe they go be with him. Uh, I don't think he condemns them because I don't think they're capable of condemning, of being condemned because they, they don't have the mental capacity to be able to receive, process truth and receive it. Now, there, right. be, there becomes a moment, and we don't know when that moment is, 
that they then reach the age of accountability and now they are they do stand condemned mm-hmm. and they have to receive them and if they don't receive them they're not going to they're not going to have eternity now the other question and then which is what this uh, person brought up was what about people that never hear it then right um, are they in that same place um, the only thing I first of all uh, I know one thing is Jesus said nobody comes to the Father except through me right uh, so that's absolute um, so I don't know fully the answer to that question um, uh, because the, the culture, the nation, the people, the mission never never got to them, does that exempt them? Um, right. Uh, the only thing I can say is that, that uh, God is imminently Im- fair and just, mm-hmm. and that um, does he place them in the same category as a child, and does he know their heart? Mm-hmm. And the question would be, if, they, they were presented with the truth, would they have received me? Uh, right. It's possible. I always wonder if there are ways that he comes to them that we just don't fathom or understand. Yeah. And you I, know, think I think I think about, you know, when you look at the Syrian refugees, um, I have a friend who was, who was ministering at the Syrian refugee camps, you know, several years back, and people were literally coming off the boats asking her, I had a dream of a man in white. He said to come ask someone about who he is. Yeah, right. And and so I think, you know, we are so limited in our mind as to what it can look like for him to present himself right. to people. And I think, you know, his heart is for them. Yep. He can find ways to present himself to them, yep. you know? And so the, uh, uh, as you look at those, that those truth is that, the truth is that people that are of the age of accountability, everybody, is condemned because of the sin nature and there's a requirement mm-hmm. is perfection right. um, I think that's why there's such a motivation on the part of organizations like the uh, you know the Gideons and, and other people mm-hmm. uh, who have a heart to get the gospel to every every place in and all languages yeah all languages yeah. and all ways so that so people can have a chance to receive it um, and that one little slice of what happens to somebody that never hears it, mm-hmm. even the possibility of it, maybe there's something, it doesn't say so in the scriptures, but it's, right. it, it, it implies, first of all, the, the fundamental pure answer would be no. Right. Because he's the only way and you have to receive him as your Lord and Savior, that's absolute. Is there a way that he just never explained to us that he looks at their heart and I can play out right. their heart had you been given the truth, you would have received me. Um, and right. does that change it? It's possible. It's, it's very possible. Right. We don't know for sure, but it, but it's possible. Um, and all we all I can say is I know God's imminently right, just, and fair. Mm-hmm. And um, He said it's not my will that what that any should any, perish. Any shall perish. So His heart, and by the way, the Holy Spirit is like you say, is actively convicting the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, and this is, you know, he goes into Romans uh, chapters 1 and 2. He says, the world itself, the creation itself, the stars, the sun, the, the human beings, do you have any thought which is built in you that there's got to be something greater than me? Right. Um, and if you have that thought, he said, because that itself reflects me all, all by myself. 
and and it should draw you to say there's got to be something greater to me you know who are you now we have the the example of Cornelius the centurion who is praying God are you there come and show me God are you there come and show me and he said okay um, I showed up as an angel go get Peter and he'll tell you so there's like you said there's there's probably ways that it happens that we may never really understand it because we're not part of that culture we're not we're not right, there right. physically to say you know what happened to you um, and I know there's been uh, even even tribes for example that a missionary came and explained Jesus and they said you know what we've been waiting for you because we knew something was greater than us and so thanks, right. thanks for sharing and now they're yeah. learning about it and now, yes and now we got it so uh, put put that together and uh, first of all it should never stop me from from following God because that's that's right. on me to process that and to live the life my works I don't want my works burned up uh, right and I and I'm responsible for that so I can't use the excuse well what about the people that never hear it so I guess I, I just don't need to do anything and what difference does it make well it matters uh, first of all it matters for me so I got I got to take on the burden and the and the responsibilities of God's life for me uh, by the way He's going to send missionaries out. If you're called to be one of those, follow it. If you're called to support a mission that is out doing that, support it. Uh, and then pray that God would give you insight and wisdom. And don't let the possibility that, yeah, they stand condemned because that's what the scriptures say. Right. Prevent me from walking with, with a holy, just, and beautiful, living, loving God that gives me his life. So I can't use that as an excuse. Well, I don't think you're very right. loving because, so I'm not going to do it. He said, well, mm -hmm. he said, then you're going to suffer. Either you're going to be rejected eternally because you don't come to me, or you're not going to be doing my works that I have for you, and they're all going to be burned up. So uh, that was kind of a quick, <laughs> uh, kind of a quick uh, theology lesson uh, answering that question, but it was kind of important to walk through it. And the impact of that is actually when, when we're going to come back tomorrow about the covenant, is, um, and this is what we're trying to keep saying, is the covenant is God's living his life through you. We are the physical representation of the invisible God. And he says, I am going to do, perform supernatural things, blessing in your life. Guess what? Fruit. And that's why Paul made that cool little statement. Hey, by the way, if I stay here, I'm going to have fruit. If he's, if he's ready to take me, hallelujah, to die is gain. You know? So uh, I think that puts it on. Do you have any other thoughts or comments or anything you want to clarify with that? Um, no, I thought that was, that was actually excellent. And I just uh, think it underscores, if anything, um, just that, that urgency and the importance of us being faithful yes. to what he's calling us to do and to share, to simply share, to be witness, to share what we know of him. Yeah. Um, because it matters. It really does matter. So there's that side. And then I would just say, I'd love for you at some point um, to clarify or answer. I don't know if anybody else was curious about this. You said a few different times um, that Paul's prison was more like a country club. That is actually a foreign thought to me. Okay. Um, I've, I've heard about you know, his friends coming in, that sort of thing. So I'd love to see where that came from and what your thinking is on that, just more out of curiosity yep. than anything yep. else. Okay, but great. we won't take the time right now. Okay, we will. <laughs> All right, great. Well, Father, we uh, thank you for the uh, privilege of this. Uh, and uh, what a great question uh, to kind of set it up of 
really it's drive, it should drive us to have a heart to follow you, to abide in you, to know that there's fruit. And our work is just to follow you uh, mm -hmm. and let you do your work through us. And so may we receive it and, and understand the importance, the significance, the beauty of abiding and how important it is for us to receive that and then give that away to our wives and our, our husbands and our relatives and our kids and our parents and friends and associates and our church that uh, we would really understand how important this is and how beautiful it is. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Rich. As always, a pleasure to spend this time with you and to spend time in his word together. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Yeah. Have a great day. Yeah. See you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.